The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Welcome to 1002 with your host, Mike Baker, an opportunity to pray for the harvest and receive a nugget of truth from God's word. When you pray, what do you pray for? Just think about that for a moment. When you pray, what do you pray for? Do we even know how to pray? Do we pray biblically? I mean, that in in and of itself is a podcast and a sermon title, right? I mean, Jesus taught us how to pray. And yet, so many times in church, I feel like when we pray, we don't even follow that model. We just generally, historically, pray for our needs. We pray for our wants. We pray, essentially, for good life, good travel, easy travel. I mean, think about that. When we leave church, we pray that we'll have a safety home. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying, think about what we pray for. What do we pray for? Well, the people that we're going to pray for today are the highlight, and this might surprise some of you, is literally the Korean people. But it's the Korean people in North Korea. Some of you may know this, some of you may not. But South Korea is free. It's actually one of the most mission-minded countries in the world. There are so many believers in South Korea, and the church is on fire. And they send missionaries all over the world, including to the United States, where I live. But North Korea, on the other hand, is not free. They live in communism, which means there's not allowed to be have a religion. There is, they're literally considered a non-religious people. I guess another word we could call is atheist. And it's been that way since 1945 when the country was divided. You know that there's 25 million people in North Korea? 25 million people in North Korea who do not know the gospel. Of that 25 million, there's less than one or less than 2%, about 1.5% are Christians. So they're definitely considered an unreached people. And in the last 17 years, North Korea has led the world in persecution of Christians. So if you are a Christian in North Korea, and there are a few, and if you're part of the church, it is completely and entirely underground because the government does not allow anything other than communism, and there's no way that you can present the gospel in that country. So believers can reach out to North Korea refugees who have risked their lives to escape. That's about the only way right now. You can witness to those who have escaped, who have left the country, who are living somewhere else as refugees. So I think when we pray, we should be praying for open doors, right? When we pray, we should be praying for walls to come down. Sure, do we want safety as we drive home? Sure. But what about 25 million people who are living in a communist country who've never heard the truth? Why don't we pray that Satan loses his grips on this country? Why don't we pray that the walls come crashing down? Why don't we pray for the underground church in North Korea to have courage to have a boldness to teach the gospel to go? Why don't we pray for these that have escaped that they will hear the gospel? Why don't we pray that his kingdom come and his will be done? Lord, that is our prayer this morning. We pray that your kingdom comes in the country of North Korea. 
that your will be done. Lord, that those that are believers will have a boldness and begin to teach that people might even have the courage to head into North Korea to teach, specifically those maybe of South Korea who understand and speak so much of the language already. We pray that those who have left there will hear the gospel and want have a hunger to take it back to their brothers and their sisters and their family. And we pray that your light will break through the chains of injustice and shine. We pray for workers of the harvest and we pray for the harvest of North Korea. When Solomon was a king, became a king, and he was very young, and he had already done some good things, and he had already done some bad things. Remember in Deuteronomy, the Lord told Israel to not intermarry, to not gain riches, to not uh, have a big military, and those are all things that Solomon eventually breaks. Clearly, he intermarried since he had over a thousand wives. He was one of the richest people in the history of the world and he had a massive massive military all things that God commanded Israel not to do and those things eventually led Solomon away from the Lord but in his early life when he first began he was devoted he listened to the prophets he listened to Nathan and he prayed for something that most of us probably wouldn't pray for he prayed for wisdom and first kings chapter 3 verse 9 he says give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this, your great people? And Solomon didn't pray for money. He didn't pray for success. He didn't pray for anything. He simply said, Lord, I'm young, I'm inexperienced, and I need you. I need your wisdom. I need your help. I need an understanding mind. I need to know how to lead these people. In some ways, you could say he prayed for God's will to be done, that he'd have an understanding mind to govern the people. And it says this pleased the Lord, that Solomon asked. And the Lord said, because you have asked for this, and not asked for yourself long life or riches or life or the loss of life of your enemies, and have asked for yourself understanding the sermon is right, behold, I will now do according to your, your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise thereafter. Prayer is a powerful, powerful weapon. And I hear a lot of times where I live here in America that God doesn't answer prayer. And sometimes I would disagree with that. He does answer prayer. But sometimes I wonder if it's because we're not praying for the wrong, right things. We pray for long life. We pray for money. We pray for success. We pray for all these things. And those are not the things that we're supposed to pray for. Those are not the things that we're told to pray for. And Solomon is a perfect example of what Jesus' words were later echo when he teaches his disciples how to pray. He's like, Lord, I need a mind after you. I need a discerning heart. I need to understand what's good and evil so I can lead these people. God, your will be done, not mine, was essentially Solomon's early prayer. Now, God granted him that and so much more. And eventually the other things in the world that God granted to Solomon did lead to his downfall. And led to him having a divided heart. And that's something that we all have to battle, a divided heart. But when we pray, what are we praying for? How are we praying? Why are we praying? just want you to take some time today and think about that. Think about your prayer life. Is it intimate? 
Do you know God? Do you listen to God? Do you really seek God's will and God's way in your life? Are you simply praying that you can just have a nice, quiet life with no problems and no issues and just kind of keep going? Because we have brothers and sisters suffering all over this world that don't even understand at all what this is like. So let's use this powerful weapon of prayer that we have and start praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah.